Tonight I'm going to be looking at a message I call Choosing, Choosing, the Power of a Choice. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, Choosing, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Tonight we're going to consider for a few moments the, the power of choices. I've often thought of the line from uh, the famous poem by Robert Frost called The Road Less Traveled, where he said, Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the road less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Uh, choices, choices. Every day we make them. From the time we get up and go about our business, we're making choices constantly, continually. Which way do we go? Do we take Highway 89? Do we go through town? Uh, do we stop at this McDonald's? Do we wait and stop at that one down the road? Is it going to be a different kind of day, a subway day? I mean, what all kinds of choices. And uh, most of them seem to us, seem to us, to be really minor, routine, Meaningless. But every now and then, one of those routine choices jumps out. And suddenly, it's not just a minor thing anymore. We were on this road at this particular point in time. We were going in this direction. We headed here and not there. Sometimes uh, the choice in has a tragic kind of ending for us, a very difficult one, and ushers in a, a time of suffering and, and difficulty. Sometimes it's, it's a great thing. I mean, you never know. You, you go to that uh, coffee shop on this particular morning, chose to go there, and, and lo and behold, there's that special somebody sitting over there, and your eyes meet across a crowded room, and... Okay, that's an old, old song. I know that. I... <laughs> that spark begins to fly, and there it is. All kinds of choices we make. Some seem to be very routine, some not so. Some we really struggle with. I mean, we find ourselves caught sometimes in the midst of, of very, very difficult choices, and it's hard for us to know what to do or what not to do, but... Uh, even then, even then, it's really difficult for us to know when we're making the choice, it's going to make all the difference. So I have a few passages of scripture tonight from the Psalms. Psalm 27, 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. <laughs> How you like that one? Yeah. The enemy's always at work, always. So, Lord, teach me your way and lead me in a plain path. Psalm 31 and 3, for thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore thou, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. We know the feeling that the psalmist expressed in that passage very well. For thy name's sake, Lord, lead me and guide me. Don't let me do anything that's going to bring reproach on your name as one of your children. Psalm 43 and 3, O send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Uh, yeah, been many a time maybe in your life as it has in mine when you've uh, 
and wishing for a good, strong light. Oh, boy, if I just had a light. I don't know how I gotten myself in this situation where I don't have a light to find my way around. But the psalmist was in a dark place, not a physically dark place, but a spiritual one. And he needed God's light and God's truth to guide him back. And the place that he had in mind was thy holy hill and thy tabernacle. And I know I talked this morning about the importance of going to church and how this is an important thing for us. But considering the last year that we've had, I don't think it's too much for me to emphasize it a little bit more. Uh, The psalmist knew he needed God's help in getting back to God's hill and God's tabernacle. And some of you folks watching at home may know exactly what he's talking about. Uh, Well, I I want you to know the church is not moved and the church is not a, a location as much anyway. It's the people. We understand that. And yet we gather right here. And I want you to know, we love you. You're still welcome. God leads you to his holy hill. This ain't much of a hill, but it is a holy place. God leads you to his tabernacle, to his place of worship, because you need it. You need it. And we need you here. You don't wander in such a dark place that God can't send you the light and bring you back to his place. The Bible also directs our attention to those other kinds of choices. One made carefully, one those made very seriously. And in this case, in the case of our text tonight with Moses, it was a spiritual uh, choice that determined the course of our lives and even the course of our eternity. Hebrews chapter 11 is full of those kinds of choices, faith choices. From Abel, who chose faith over works. And offered a more excellent sacrifice than his brother. And though he has long since been dead, the writer of the book of Hebrews said, He being dead yet speaketh. And that sacrifice that he made, that faith sacrifice, all the way down then to the others, unnamed in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 38. Those who died for their faith, who made that choice. And some who... Even lost family members and others. It wasn't just them. They didn't, their choice didn't just affect them, but it affected others. It made a difference for time and for eternity. Paul, I think, had that kind of choice in mind in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 when he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And though we often want to couch our entire discussion of salvation around a choice, uh, let's understand that that is a faith choice because a teaching of Scripture is what we see here. The just shall live by faith. Uh, The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Paul said in Romans chapter 2, verse 8, 9, and 10, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, And that, that faith, that salvation is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works. For by grace are you saved through faith. So salvation is a matter of believing. But of course we have to know 
who and what we're believing on. And that comes to us by the Word of God and the power of the Spirit of God. And it's just that kind of choice then, a, a faith choice, if you will, that we find in our text tonight in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I want us to consider some things tonight that are very noteworthy about uh, this choice and the power uh, of that choice. First of all, uh, let's notice the age factor that is mentioned in this text. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years. When he was come to years. In Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11, the Bible says, It came to pass in those days when Moses was grown. When Moses was grown. And so we can see the age factor, in a way, kind of playing out in our faith choices at various stages in our lives. Now, you understand that uh, Moses' choice, in many ways, his faith choices were being made for a time in his life by his parents. And I think we could probably, most of us, not all of us, but most of us could identify with that. You'll remember when Moses' mom and dad, uh, Adoniram and Jochebed, when they saw uh, that he was a comely child, a goodly child, and, and they hid him as long as they could hide him. And what an awful choice it was that they had to make, to make that basket, to pitch it with in and without with pitch, to take him down to the Nile River infested with crocodiles like it was, and set that little baby loose. I never read that story that it doesn't bring a lump to my throat. But you and I know that story has a very happy ending. Because you see, Moses' parents weren't just uh, turning him loose. They were turning him loose by faith. They were calling upon God to help them and to protect them. And had a sister watching to see what happened. And of course, you know what happened. Uh, Pharaoh's daughter found the baby and she decided to keep him, took him back, raised him as her own so that Moses then got to grow up in the royal family of Egypt. What opportunities were his? What wealth was available to him? Uh, there's a lot of of unverified information about Moses. You might run across that somewhere. They've even made a movie about his life and, and uh, animated. It wasn't all that true to the Bible, let's just say that. Uh, but uh, uh, we don't know a whole lot about what happened during those childhood years. We know that he grew up. We know that he grew up as a member of the royal family. We know that he would have had incredible educational opportunities. We know that he had a time of advancement. Who knows what all could have been his as a part of that royal family of Egypt. But then there came a time when he would have to make his own decision, and he did when he was grown. It's a good time for us to remind ourselves tonight that the age factor plays out with our children all the time. There's a time, of course, when they are making decisions, but basically their spiritual choices are all made for them. 
And thank God for good and faithful parents who choose to raise their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And if you're raising your children like I was raised, <laughs> we never got a choice as to whether we'd go to church or not. Never got asked a single time, son, do you want to go tonight? Never happened. Uh Uh-uh. Sunday morning, get up and go. Sunday night, go again. If there's something going on Monday, guess what? We're going in too. We did. I tell you, we took that seriously. There were a few times it really bothered me. I'll have to admit. Uh, There were times when we went off on uh, vacation occasionally, got away from uh, fun times, and, and my folks were such stricklers that, uh, you know, we'd leave on Saturday. And it was hard when we left all the other family at the lake to stay there on Sunday. I said, can't we stay one more day? No. We got church tomorrow. That settled it. Did we play sports on Sunday? <laughs> uh, I got a whipping for slipping out to play to go fishing one time on Sunday. And we went to church Sunday morning or Sunday night. We went both times. And I still got a, a spanking. Let, you know, it's a modern world. I have to say it plainly. Um, I got a switch on my bare legs. How's that? I regretted going sneaking off and going fishing. They told me not to. We don't fish on Sunday. Maybe you're raising your children that way today. That's a tough choice for you parents to make. And I'm glad you're making it. If you're making that choice, God bless you. God bless you. God will bless your family. You say, well, I've heard some of these horror stories of these kids saying, well, my mom and dad made me go to church. And when I got old enough, I decided I wouldn't go. And I, yeah, I've heard a couple of those stories too. Let me tell you about all the stories I've heard on the other side. How many of you had that same, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you had a similar upbringing? And you've stayed with it all your life for the most part. Yeah. There's a time where children's choices and decisions, faith choices, are made by their parents, and that's the way it's supposed to be. But then there comes a time. When that child has to make their own decision about Jesus Christ. Uh, When do they move into that level of maturity? It's hard to tell. Sometimes parents think that uh, the pastors and the youth pastors would know better than you do. But nobody knows your child better than you do. Talk to them. Talk to them a lot. Make sure that they're able to comprehend and understand sin. Nobody can ever be saved until they understand they're lost. Make sure they understand the consequences of sin and can respond to the conviction then of the Holy Spirit and faith. It can be difficult to understand or figure out whether a child is responding to their parents or responding to their teachers or responding to the Holy Spirit. Obviously, a lot of kids get it wrong. Because they think they're saved early in life and they come back later in life and they realize they weren't saved and then they are. So it's not always something that we can tell 100% sure. But be careful. They need a clear gospel presentation on a level they can understand. And aren't you glad tonight that the gospel is simple? 
It is simple. And remember, Jesus said that we should permit the little children to come to me and forbid them not. We don't want to discourage them. We don't want to say to them, oh, no, you can't, you can't get saved right now. No. Permit the little children to come to me and don't forbid them. So we don't want to discourage them, but we must consider that age factor in their choices. So early in life, a, a child's faith choices are mostly made for them, and that's how God has set it up to be. And while we can applaud and rejoice in all of the families that are raising their children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, we must also lament the obvious fact that multitudes of people in our country raise their children without a spiritual thought at all. Never darken the door of any church anywhere. And if all the polls are to be believed, it may be that such families are becoming the majority in our country instead of the minority. But then there's that time when that child must make their own choice. And that's the time that they need a clear presentation of the gospel. Remember, there's more to telling the child how to be saved than just asking Jesus into their heart. Remember that. Remember that the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember that the message then is that we have sinned, but Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sin so that whosoever believes on him should not perish. Yes, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes, we need to make all of those things very clear to them. But then that age factor continues on. Even after it goes beyond that issue of salvation and the choice that they make to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ so that they can be saved. Many other faith choices come along in life. As they grow, they'll begin to experience a certain measure of freedom. Uh, <laughs> if you don't understand yet, some of you uh, younger parents, what I'm talking about, I'm talking about car keys. Car keys. But uh, before that, these days, there's another one. It's called cell phone. Cell phone. And when you start giving them these things, then you're giving to them a measure of freedom. You make that available to them knowing that they're going to make choices then about what they look at, who they talk to, what sites they visit, where they go. They get those keys. They're going to be making choices about how they go about their business, how they drive, where they go. And you'll not always know what's going on. With the measure of freedom then that comes in the teenage years, there'll be many opportunities for faith choices. Faith choices. I'm not a prophet of the son of a prophet, but I'm going to make a prediction about y'all's teenagers here tonight. They're not always going to make the right choices. How's that one? How do I know that? Because none of us always made the right choices either. We can all look back on a few things that we wish we hadn't have done. A few choices we made that we shouldn't have made. 
Some we have to learn. Some lessons we have to learn the hard way. I'm not going to say that experience is the best teacher. But experience is certainly the hardest teacher. And the lessons learned by experience tend to last for a long, long time. The age factor surfaces again once you come of age. When you get out on your own. Whether you are making your own way or not, it's all going to come up again. You'll be off at college. And suddenly you have those choices to make in your life. Will you choose on the basis of your faith in God or will you choose the pleasures of sin that are but for a season? You see, Moses made that choice. He made a faith choice when he was come to years. And that expression plays out over and over in our life. There even comes a time when those choices flip over for us. Now, you see, we grow up in this way. Then all of a sudden, we are the ones who are making the choices for our kids. We are the ones that are leading our family. And suddenly it's, it's flipped. Now I'm making choices for other people and that are going to affect other people's lives. The age factor. Then secondly, there's the living factor. Verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. You see, choosing by faith will almost always mean for us, just like what it meant for Moses, it means that we are going to experience a certain degree of mistreatment or suffering. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12 is a very pertinent passage for all of us tonight. 2 Peter 3, 12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you... Continue in what you've learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The all in this passage is a little bit disconcerting. We'd all be more comfortable with the some, maybe even most. All. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It might not always be a blood persecution. But you may very well have to make some choices along the way that are very costly and very painful. I have a very good friend. Uh, he's a very godly man. He's grown up in church all his life and been faithful uh, to the Lord. He was working in a situation where uh, he had a very lucrative position, very, very lucrative job. But the people that he was working for uh, decided to start accepting advertisements for liquor, beer, alcohol. He quit. <laughs> he walked in, turned in his resignation, walked out. I will not work here anymore. You have to admire a fellow like that. That'll quit his job. 
It's a tough choice. You say, how'd it work out for him? (laughs) He had another one before the day was out. How's that? And in some ways, it turned out even better. Gave him more time at home. He was glad. He's never looked back. I've asked him about it several times. All in this passage, though, just calls out to us. All of us are going to have a measure of a price to pay. At some point in time in our life, it's it's going to come to us. We might not have to go seeking for it. It's just going to come. The evil folks and the, the fake pseudo-Christians that all said would go from bad to worse. They will seem to enjoy impunity and immunity. They're not going to suffer because they're just putting on a show. That's what he said. Evil people and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And it will seem like the the world will love them. And we've seen that play out. You've seen the the, the press just doting on the, the preachers and religious leaders who buy into the world's agenda. Who begin to call evil good and, and good evil. Oh, they the media loves them. Evil people will grow worse and worse and they'll be deceiving and being deceived. But for you, you continue in what you have learned. Knowing from whom you learned it. Make a faith choice. And so there's an age factor, but there's also a life factor. The, The choice that Moses made made a difference in his life. And it'll make a difference in your life too. Then there's the future. Verse 26. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking to the reward. He was looking to the reward. Uh, John Lennon, and some of you might have to Google him. Uh, famously called on his musical followers to imagine. It was one of his most famous songs, Imagine. And in his song, then, he imagined a world with no heaven and no hell and no God looking down on us from above. No nation to live and die for. Nobody had any possessions. Everybody just shared everything. To him, that was utopia. Because he said, with no heaven and no hell and no God and no possessions and no country, he said, we'd all just live for today. But what John Lennon called a dream is a nightmare. And I want you to understand why tonight. Not because you're listening to Imagine every day, but because that same ideology and theology is running rampant in our country. It is what mainly we're up against. But the record of biblical truth in Romans chapter 1 and the record of thousands of years of history show us that the less people think of God, the more wicked and depraved they become. That as they change the glory of God into an image made like unto creeping things, as they Turn away from the God of Scripture and instead make a God of their own creation or a God of themselves. 
they grow worse and worse and worse. We're seeing that in our world all around us tonight. (laughs) But I often think of the leadership of that great old soldier, Joshua, who said in Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. <laughs> oh, I love that passage. Uh, there's, a, there's a great outline. I've, I've preached it many, many times. I didn't come up with it. I, I heard somebody else somewhere along the line get it. I'd, I'd give them credit for it if I knew it. But I've preached it over and over again because it's so true, so simple, so powerful. You must choose your God. You will choose your God. You will live with the God you choose. And you'll die with the God you choose. Moses could have taken an easy path. Few people who have ever lived have turned their backs on so much. Prince of Egypt turned his back on all that his position could have brought him in every sense of the word then. What did he choose? He chose a a journey. He was 40 years old when he made that choice. Sometimes I wish that coming of age in America was at 40. But it's not. But it was then. Moses would live out the consequence then of the choice he made as a 40-year-old. It made him an outcast, a wanderer of the wilderness, and a shepherd of his father-in-law's sheep. We know how this story is going to end, but let's play it out from Moses' perspective. He didn't hear anything from God for a long, long time. Forty years in Egypt, he... Heard God's voice, no doubt, through his mother, through his father, through the teaching that he received as he was taught the the scriptures. But after he made that decision and went off in the wilderness, there is nothing recorded for us. No encounter with God. For 40 years, he lived and and worked and made a life. Just like we live and work and made a life. No special revelation. No miracles. No divine affirmation. He lived and prayed and worshipped and served and worked hard before he could turn around a couple of times. He went from being 40 years old to being 80 years old. Amen. Time passes quickly. But the writer of Hebrews reveals the only real commentary that we have about Moses' life and all of that Moses kept his eye, listen, Moses kept his eyes on the reward. That's what the writer of the book of Hebrews said. He had his eyes on the future. He had his eyes on the reward. He did that at 40. And there's no indication that he ever turned away from that. He continued to live his life to please God. Though he had gone from living in a palace to following a After sheep, he never lost his faith. Forty years of looking at the wealth of Egypt didn't corrupt his vision or take it away from the eternal reward. Forty years of looking at sheep and desert didn't corrupt his vision of the eternal reward. 
And when God came to him and he got the opportunity to respond to God's call, he said yes. I know, yeah, he had some questions. But let's remind ourselves tonight that Moses had some very good questions. He said, who are you, Lord? If I'm going to go out and serve you, I've got to know who you are. If you're going to serve God tonight, you've got to have a real good vision and a real good knowledge of who God is. Moses asking a great question. Tell me your name. Who are you? And then his second question was equally vital. Who am I? Who are you? And who am I? Who are you? And who am I? Anyone who would be used to God must get the answer to those questions down very well in their hearts. And he did. And he picked up his staff that now belonged to God because he had thrown it down. And it was from then on called the rod of God. He picked it up and he went out and did what God told him to do. I know he was glad that he did. And so tonight we see that choosing, as Moses did, has these three implications. There is the age factor. There is the life factor. And there's, although I forgot to put it on the screen, there's the future factor. He was looking to the reward. Choosing then means that as we move through life, we have to make choices that will either be of faith or of sin. Choosing means that our life moves from being a live for today kind of thing to being a life that is a journey of saying no to our will and yes to God's will. Choosing means that our future and our destiny will so dominate our lives that neither the treasure of the world nor the trials from the world will cloud our vision of the eternal reward God promises to those who choose by faith. Neither the trinkets nor the trials will move us away from serving God. John chapter 11 and verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth in me, and liveth and believeth in me, shall never die. Believest thou this? Do you believe this? Do you believe it tonight? Do you folks at home believe? Jesus said it. I am the resurrection and the life. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? You made that choice. Maybe tonight we can think of where we are in life. Maybe you're facing some choices. If so, maybe this message has brought some things to your heart. Some of you families struggling with your choices of how to raise your children. Keep making the right ones. Keep making faith choices. Keep your eyes on the reward. <laughs> Don't live for the wrong kingdom. Let's stand together, please.